My name is Jessica Knight, and this is the Relationship Recovery Podcast, the podcast that focuses on healing from emotional abuse, recognizing signs of toxic behavior, and learning how to be in a relationship in a healthy way. Hello, welcome back. Today I want to talk about the impact of the show Made. Made's on Netflix. Um, Made shook up my world. I know it shook up the world of a lot of my clients as well. Um, And I know that a few people in my life that have been or are in emotionally abusive situations feel that Made is too triggering for them. And so I really want to talk about the impact of the show and how it led me on a journey to unpack more of my story, which included going back through some past journals that I have tucked away and told myself that I didn't need to think about anymore. When we are in an emotionally abusive situation, the past becomes of the present a lot of the time. We react to things in a certain way. We have triggers that are maybe unexplainable. We may see abuse in every aspect of our life that others may just shy away from or tell or invalidate us for when we can't tolerate that. And it's because we tolerate it so much. And so I feel like by watching Made, it really helped me put a lot of myself into perspective from being a single mother to understanding the effects of two emotionally abusive situations. And I'm going to share a little bit about that journey. And I also want to say that the purpose of me doing this or even like going down this path was I was thinking about doing a podcast on what to say to somebody that's in an emotionally abusive situation. And I was hoping that it could be something that you'd be able to share with somebody else and they would be able to listen to and take some feedback from because honestly, I think a lot of people handle it really poorly. I can't tell you how many people judge me or told me I was too weak or I had the, my partner telling me I'm weak or that I should be sticking it out or I'm, my past is showing up in the present and, and like I, I'm just reliving my childhood as if like I did it, was doing it wrong or my experience or what I was experiencing wasn't actually happening. And if you watch Made, that comes up often. So... I hope this is helpful, and I I am going to say that now. It does contain a few spoilers about the show, so if you haven't watched it and you want to watch it, maybe just don't listen to this one. Or, um, But I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the themes that come up and then how it related to my story. In the Netflix series Made, the main character, Alex, flees her daughter, Maddie's alcoholic father, Sean. This comes after he punches a wall, sending shattered glass into Maddie's hair, which almost hurts her. And while it's clear Sean has never physically attacked Alex or Maddie directly, Alex quickly realizes that victims of domestic abuse often have trouble seeking help and being taken seriously because they 
haven't been physically hit. They don't have a bruise to show. It would have been easier for her if the if Sean was physically abusive. Made demonstrates how multiple forms of domestic abuse exist and theological barriers and gatekeeping that are in place that keep victims like Alex from receiving help and resources that they need. Watching Made felt like watching a mirror into my life. It was cathartic, humanizing, depressing, and reflecting back, I didn't even know I had been caught in a cycle of abuse until a few months later. I just knew that it felt like my upbringing. I grew up in an abusive home, physically, emotionally, and verbally. Um, I remember as a child, I used to think that I was not in an abusive home because I wasn't being sexually abused. So, you know, it's like all these other abuses didn't feel like they mattered more, but if I had been sexually abused, then I would have had been actually abused. In this... If you can tell, it's almost like the same thing as like if you're not physically abused, doesn't count, right? It's abuse is abuse. And so in my situation, I remember feeling like I was feeling a lot of those same feelings and a lot of the same things were triggering and I hadn't felt them in a very, very long time. I moved out when I was 16 and I've lived on my own since then. I have created a lot of unhealthy coping habits, such as workaholism. Um, actually, that's probably the main one, but also building giant, giant walls that are very hard for anybody else to break through. And I remember feeling like the same hopelessness and abandonment when I was in the process of leaving my relationship. It, it was It's like that the people who were supposed to love me and care for me just didn't, but they kept telling me that they did. And watching Maid showed me that I had a lot of abuse amnesia. I felt like I was watching a character receive the same words once sent to me. It was really triggering in a really necessary way. But when I left my relationship, I was in survival mode. I was a single mom to a one-year-old. I had to pack up a house alone and continue to work. I didn't have time to feel. I just had time to survive. And I had to for my child. Looking back, I don't think I made much sense when I tried to talk to friends or family about my experience, or at the very least, they made me feel like I didn't make any sense. Um, I remember telling my brother that I didn't feel safe anymore, and he replied, you're overreacting. My therapist would give me tools to try and work on things, and I'd come home and give my best effort, and it'd be thrown right in my face within two minutes. I would try and open up to friends about what I was experiencing and feeling, and sometimes... I didn't even have the words to describe it. Like I felt like I was floundering, like I was trying to explain something and they were hearing me and listening to me, but like they, it almost was like they just wanted me to move past it. One of the lines it made that really killed me was Alex says to somebody who's trying to help her and tell the cops what, that he didn't hit me trying to explain to somebody why she felt like she had to leave. In my case, I, my, in, in my romantic relationships, my partners never hit me. 
they didn't take things away and they couldn't stop me from leaving the house. But like I would sit in a car block away when coming home just to breathe and collect myself. And I would make sure I was in bed before he got home from work so that I didn't have to engage with him. I wanted him to cheat on me so I had an excuse to end it. I ended up getting a consulting job that required me to be in an office two days when he was home from work. And I took all matters into my own hands. I never asked for any help. Everything with our kid, the apartment, my own mental health, my work was mine. If I had to work, I got a babysitter. I was fully in my own little world. I had no bruises to show. I just had like a really fast declining mental health. I was It was pure exhaustion, burnout, and I did not have the strength to just get the fuck out. I was having panic attacks almost every night in the bathroom to the point where the bathtub seemed like the only safe space for me to sit and lean up against and fall apart. In one of my attempts to leave, I said, I don't want to do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. I can't do this with you anymore. And at the time, he replied and told me that I was weak, that one side of struggle I run. When the truth is, is like at that point, it had been two years of feeling that way, not longer. And so I know that, and I know my experience is valid because I have journals where I documented how I was feeling. I also have screenshots of arguments with friends or other family members trying to get some help out of them. And in one of the journal entries that I wrote, I said, the overwhelming feeling I have is that I don't deserve this. And there's been times in my life where I feel like I've contributed to the problem, but this time I don't. I asked if he contacted the therapist. It's a trigger for me when he says he'll do something and then doesn't do it. I said earlier in here that I wouldn't ask, but I did think he called when I was out. He said I seemed very mad because I couldn't control the situation. That's not the case. I wasn't mad. I was bummed he didn't do it and that he was getting so mad so quickly from me just asking about something he said he would do. I wish he did it because he attributes all his problems to me and it's my fault and it's a key thing he is doing to stay small and stuck. Kept telling me what I seemed to him and what I was. He referenced what he was telling himself about me. He says really awful things about me to himself. I stayed calm. I said it wasn't my experience and he kept telling me that it was. It was really hard to hear what I am and what I feel from somebody else's mouth. He kept telling me how mad I was for not being able to control something. I wasn't mad at all. The word control wasn't even in my head. I got very upset and the tears came the minute he walked out of the room. I was doing my part and I felt like he wasn't doing his. So he came back and asked why I was upset. But before I was able to get past, I'm upset because... He cut me off and said, if you don't tell me, I'm walking out. This was hard for me. Uh, so I took another breath, pointed out he's not allowing me to speak, and tried again. I'm upset because I'm fine and you're telling me that I'm not. He then looked down to the side, smirked, and it triggered me. It felt like my stepfather was engaging with me again. I asked, why can't you just look at me? What am I saying now that you're judging? He walked out of the house 
and came back in for a moment to say he's leaving because I judged him and then walked out again. This is not the life that I want to live, and I can't keep doing this. I'm falling apart. The next month, I opened up to an ex-boyfriend one night when I was in the thick of it. I reached out to him on Gchat. We don't talk. He told me it was too painful to stay in touch when we parted ways a few years before. We got through the highs, and he said, Jess, I wanted to meet you before I left Boston. I wanted to apologize mostly and tell you I'm happy that you finally started a family. I know that's what you ultimately always wanted. I'm filing for divorce, I replied. I had a family for a month after Charlotte was born, but then it came crashing down. I think back often to what you warned me about, not getting married just to get married, and I question often if I did that. I have my baby, but I'm alone again. When I was at the lowest in my marriage, I was going through the mental gymnastics of what will leaving do to Charlotte. I thought about how low I was and the direction it was going, and I just could not imagine her growing up to a lifeless mommy. I was miserable. I daydreamed about moving back to New York with my kid and living in my mom's office that only has room for a twin-size bed. That felt like paradise at the time. It wasn't. I told him... I've been very unhappy since around January 2017 and experiencing panic attacks. I feel dead, and I think I spent too much of my life feeling dead. I wanted to leave because it was worth the risk of being able to be happy again. And at one point in the conversation, I opened up to him about everybody judging me for leaving. And... how I was struggling to explain what exactly was going on. He cut me off and said, abuse is abuse. You know that. You know that better than anybody. But you are fearless, and all you've ever wanted is to live. I didn't feel fearless at that time, and it took a long time, literally years, for me to feel human again. But I needed the reminder that part of me was still inside, or that part of me was still inside. Leaving felt like it was the only way I'd get to be myself again and breathe again. And while I felt overwhelmed and tired all the time from single mommying, I was on the road to happy. It just didn't look like it and certainly didn't feel like it. It took a lot of validating of myself to really recognize that verbal and emotional abuse causes emotional pain and scarring that far outlasts many physical bruises. And often it's like, it's really hard for somebody to recognize that it is emotional abuse and they might believe that it's your fault, but it's not your fault. You're not being overly dramatic. Your experience is your experience. If you are in an emotionally abusive situation, here's a few suggestions on what you can do. Change the way that you perceive the abuse. It's not your fault. You do not deserve it. You did not do anything to bring it on. Seek guidance from a mental health professional or a coach that is trained in abuse. If this is a consistent occurrence in your relationship, they will validate you. They will help you set boundaries, and they will help you move through. 
Remind yourself it's okay if you feel low right now, and it's okay if you don't know how to leave the relationship, and it's also okay if you're not ready to leave the relationship. Nobody can set a timeline for where you are. Since emotional abuse is isolating, complicated, and disorienting, it can be difficult to figure out how to support a friend or family member experiencing emotional abuse. So you really need to find somebody and look in your life for the person or the people that understand and are that are going to be with you as you process. If you are experiencing emotional abuse or if you feel like you're experiencing emotional abuse, signing up for a clarity call with me can be incredibly validating. That's what we do at the big, basically that whole call. I, or I feel my perspective is I'm very generous with that call. I, there's a lot of coaches out there in the world that use that call and like don't want to like give away too much that you sign up to work with them. I want you to feel validated. If you're going through emotional abuse, I'm not here to like, like I obviously would like want to help and work with you, but it's not my job to sell you on something. It's my job to help you. And so you can feel free to sign up for a clarity call using the link in my bio, whether or not you want to work with me right now or not, or that you just kind of want to talk through some of the stuff that's going on and see how we look at it. But if you're wondering, am I being emotionally abused? If you're feeling like, if you just feel like that whatever you're going through is not okay, you can feel free to reach out and I'd be happy to help.